Welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking to a good friend of ours and special guest, Kim Lynn. Before we do that, um, how you doing, Jared? I'm doing good. Cool. Doing good. Fresh off uh, off a trip from Punta Cana. Oh, yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law got married, and it was fun because I brought my camera kind of as like a backup and then realized that she was just having the... Uh, resort people photograph the wedding, so it really ended. It's interesting up- how that works. How we all have family members <laughs> that still don't know how photography uh, <laughs> works. <laughs> she didn't want to hire us. She was just like, "Oh, they have somebody." I was like, "All right." You know you what? Know, um, like- <laughs> did you ever see Tanya? So they went to Costa Rica. Yeah, and they got these photos done, and the guy at the resort was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was wicked good. <laughs> like they have, like it can sometimes be like that. It was not that they showed up. While she was walking down the aisle, it was the first. They didn't even introduce themselves at all. Like they just were walking down the aisle, and they filmed it too. And I, I just was, you know, shooting photos for for the fun of it. And I you think might they as well were like a GoPro or something. I think they were like, oh shoot, like this guy actually knows what he's doing. So they didn't even stick around to take family photos after. What? I was like, um, <laughs> did she pay money for that? Yeah, but it was like it was probably like three hundred dollars though. It was like nothing. Yeah. So I kind of assumed because they they and I was like I'm gonna take photos of you guys afterwards, but I definitely worked the whole day <laughs> where I didn't. Think. You, I, you I was know, happy. I, I would say like photos. a lot of times I end up working because I don't want to have to do all the other stuff that everyone's doing. So I just be like, oh yeah, oh, I'm shooting photos. So yeah. I can like do whatever I want. Well, they they did the ceremony part, which is probably like the part the, you don't want to. do. Yeah, I wanted to be present for that, and part. also not standing in the Dominican yeah. sun. And I also, in general, on a wedding day, like. Even if I'm just a guest at friends' weddings or whatever, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, I have to talk to people like normal. Yeah. Like I, I, I would rather have a camera. I see all these moments that I'm like, oh, this would make a great photograph. It's kind of hard to relax nowadays yeah. going to weddings. So. so we we got some of these this week. Um, we did. These are the Canons, and they're like, I know they're not new. If you're like listening to this, you're like, those are like five years old. What are you talking? What new, are they for, for someone at home? <laughs> so for, if you're listening, they are Canon's cinema lenses. And if you don't know what a cinema lens is, it's basically a giant lens designed for shooting, you know, movies and such. And um, you should check them out online. But we got it. It oh. looks awesome. It's like giant. Um, here, look, to put it in perspective, like this is a... Cinema lens. This is a normal photography lens. This Probably thing is twice, twice the size. Oh, uh, it's incredible. We're all excited. We're gonna be. We're doing some kind of new stuff, some fun new stuff with uh, our wedding films that we will be revealing. And well, it's also gonna be nice to um, be shooting on video cameras as opposed to just uh, DSLRs or, or mirrorless. Yeah, Ursa Mini Gen, Gen Two coming in the mail, so we're excited about that too. But anyway, that's enough boring gear talk for all of you nerds out there. Um, for the rest of us normal people, we're gonna be talking to a very charming lady who has um, really awesome business. And so, hi Kim, how you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So we've known Kim. For a really long time, like I don't know, like five years. Five years, I think. Yeah. Um, Kim, yeah, what was it? 2013, 14. We shot the stylized shoot together. Yeah. So 2013. We did video. Yeah. You were doing photo, and that was that. That was right around the time where you probably started. Starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember the whole time we were talking, and you were like, "Do you want to like hop in and do stuff?" And later you were like. <laughs> 
you know, I just, I didn't, you know, I needed to take a break. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the first time that we had worked together. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was a good time. So, so um, Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself or tell the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then um, we'll get into it. So I am a boudoir and wedding photographer. I have a focus in empowering women, inspiring them, whether it be through photography or helping them build brands. Um, I'm a mom of four. I raise my niece and nephew. So we have a family of six and I love what I do. We've been doing it for six years now. So I, I got my first camera in 2012. I started shooting weddings in 2013 and then it's been crazy since so you, then. So you don't do much then? No, not much. I kind of <laughs> just hang out all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Kim, um, one of the things, if you don't, I would encourage you to check her out. Kim Lynn Chauvin is her, is that your, is that your main one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage you to check out her feed because one of the things that I think besides being a good photographer is she's excellent at social media. Um, kind of how, how did that kind of become a thing? Social media in general? No, like no, how for I you. Just, I don't know. I just started doing it. I followed Jasmine Starr. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. are familiar oh, yeah. with her. So she's huge she on social media. You. Yeah. Um, she actually empowered me to start my business because when I was um, getting married, I stumbled on her blog and I was like, she was getting married. She started her business that way. I had gone from being a, like I was working in a doctor's office. So I went from that to having no job for like a year to full-time woodwar wedding photographer. So it was crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, she just talks a lot about being who you are and just owning who you are. So I kind of just threw myself into it. Yeah. So do you remember that the first wedding you ever shot? Yes. <laughs> It was actually, so I second shot for the first time with mm-hmm. um, Carly Michelle Photography That's out of right. Boston. Yeah. yeah. So she was the first wedding I've ever done. Um, but the, my first wedding alone was interesting. It was like a backyard wedding, but it was beautiful. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So I, it was easy. I kind of remember, like, you know what's weird is, like, I remember the first time we ever shot a wedding, I remember thinking, like, everything was cool. Yeah, yeah so like, you'd be filming like, like, like knickknacks on somebody's shelf that are like, <laughs> <laughs> why did we film these like gnomes on, a, on somebody's shelf? Or like I'd be like in a basement. And so I, I think the good thing was it'd be like, I'd be looking for this awesome shot in every room. Yeah. And I was like, that was kind of cool. Like when you're first starting out, like you were like, everything is possible. Right. Everything could be awesome. And then you get jaded and you do it a lot. Well, we, we had just bought the gear. So it was like. You're used. You're not used to seeing life in general at like 1.2 aperture. So you're like, oh, these things. Everything looks awesome with this lens. Yeah. I can shoot everything, and it's <laughs> relatable. And like, you know, things um, change quick. So you you did weddings, and then um, kind of you've been doing this for six years, and then you, you kind of built this social out. For those that don't know, she has around like 18,000 followers, yeah, 18. and. And so a lot of us would kill to have like half that many if or a quarter, to be honest. Yeah, we would yeah. A I wouldn't kill would anyone for <laughs> it, but 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 um what do you what's do you have like a strategy or like a, a like a weekly schedule or like what what do you do to even maintain that? Honestly, it's just consistency. If you're consistent with it, for a while I was focused on building. So I would host giveaways. I would post three times a day. I 
There was this one um, course I took on social media where if you go onto someone else's page that's similar to yours and you go to their followers, if you like three of their photos and comment on one, they're more inclined to follow you back. So for like hours, I would do that. But that was like four years ago, I want to say. So now I don't have time for that now. (laughs) But um, that really helped me build a following because I was authentically liking their stuff and commenting. I wouldn't do it on stuff that I didn't genuinely appreciate or or like. So it was it's building that community of people that you think would like your stuff. That's a good word, community. Yeah. Um, because I think that when I look at your social, like for a lot of us, our social is like um, it's kind of a portfolio slash news updates. And yeah. It's, yeah. Especially... I find photographers have had a lot more success with with social media, Instagram specifically, um, because it is much more about them. I think videographers, we tend to have a harder time like finding a way to translate our lives to you know Instagram or on screen. Yeah, well, it's my, much my more about my biggest beef with the whole entire like wedding editorials, blogs, and a social is like it's kind of like penalizes video. Not in feeds, but like showing your yeah. work. Like yeah. you, you, it's gotten better. It's better, but yeah. it's still like it's way more rewarding to post a good photo of something than a good video. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. video is all about motion. Like there's no frame that you're like encapsulates the video. It's all about the movement. Yeah. and the whole yeah. entire sequence, and it's tough. But so if you're a frustrated videographer, you're not alone. Yeah. Well, especially like the knot and wedding wire, they're gonna always kind of favor the photo side. I don't even know that they have any videos on their feeds. I, they do, but usually they're they're hidden in between a bunch of photo, okay. and you only have one frame for video as opposed to you know twenty five frames for photo. So it just naturally is gonna fall um, to the wayside. I do think though, if you're a videographer, um, some of what Kim does with really communicating and, t- and talking and really in- engaging with an audience, anybody can do that. Right. You know, maybe your feed won't be quite as effective. You're not going to get 800 likes on a video, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> you can engage with your audience. So talk a little bit about that. Kind of you've built this community, right? Yeah. It really is. And it's like those conversations, that engagement, like one of the things I've noticed about what you do is like it's very authentic and vulnerable. Why, is that something that's like really important to you? Um, it is because the reason I got into the industry is just to make those connections with people. So my wedding clients, I still talk to 90% of them now. Um, my boudoir clients a million times more. Like they, they don't come see me once. They come see me multiple times. And just building those friendships and everything is what's important to me. So for me to post something like a boudoir photo... That girl might have been the most insecure person that's ever walked into my studio. So if I can share a little bit about my insecurities with them, I think it makes them more at ease and it shows no matter what size you are, no matter what you're going through in your life, you can embrace yourself and just love who you are. So I think I try to push that um, just because I believe in women and I I really want to see everyone succeed and you know, love themselves. And you get into like everything on your social. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think something that you do really well is not just the content that you're putting up, but it's also every post has a well thought out, like 
thought or story or Mm -hmm. insecurity of yourself. Like, I think I look at it and I'm like, man, like how does she, she's always coming up with something that's so good. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, my, my, my brain doesn't even think about these things. So I guess how, how do you perpetuate just nonstop good content about it? To be honest, I think it's just who I am. I don't, I don't know. I don't think about it. Like you think it, takes me along it doesn't it really doesn't it's just what's weighing on my heart like we're all we're all kind of thinking the same things I think like with video you think you can't do it because it's this or whatever you can share that story no matter what video you're posting Mm -hmm. if you know like the story you just told about being in Punta Cana yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You could have written, you know, a whole paragraph on how it felt to be a guest. Totally. You know what I mean? There's totally. just so much that you could share. I think people just get in their heads about it and don't want to share because yeah. it's too personal. Well, maybe. I don't even, honestly, and it's probably just putting myself in, in a good frame of mind of like, okay, like I tell stories, but I never think of anytime I'm sitting down, I'm like, okay, I know I need to post. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Another wedding on the beach, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, you have, so you have to change that mindset. Totally, You're talking totally. to potential clients. You're talking to um, past clients. You're mm-hmm. talking to hopeful clients. Yep. So you want to share that experience with them as a guest, as a videographer. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. it's, I think it's kind of easy. I'm being challenged, and I, I think one of the reasons why we wanted you here is cause it's like we're honestly just super – I'm curious because I'm like, how do we – how do we do this? How do we make our own kind of feed? Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's something we're even super strong in. Um, we do okay. We, we post content. We but did. It's, I, it, I want it to be much more of an authentic thing. And what does that look like for us as somebody who, or as a well, team? Just in anybody is like yeah. how – I think one of the things I get from even this conversation is like figuring out people are interested – in other people's lives. Right. Completely. Pretty straightforward. Yep. You know, and for some people, like, I don't think everyone has to be vulnerable on social media. Mm-hmm. If you don't need it and you don't care about it, the world doesn't necessarily need another account. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like it's like, oh, your business is screwed if you don't do social. Nobody here thinks that, by the way, if you're listening to this. Like, even Kim with 18,000 followers is not thinking like, well, if you don't have a bunch of followers, you're not going to have a business. No. None of us think that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're doing it and, and and you want to increase the return on it and also you maybe have a passion for it and you enjoy it, um, you know, I think being authentic and real and actually kind of looking at your business in a different way in terms of like um, it's not just what you're doing with your camera, it's, it's you. Right. What is that? Um, Simon Sinek says, uh, they don't, no one cares what you do. They care why you do it. Mm -hmm. And so the, what is I do photos, I do video, I have a camera. Um, people don't really care about that Mm -hmm. that much. There's so many people who shoot photos. They want to know like what's motivating you to do this. Right. And so for you, what, like I kind of, I can imagine what those things are. What are those things that motivate you with your work? Honestly, it's different, I think, for every category. Like with weddings, I just love love and being in a relationship with Shiloh and trying to... By the way, that's her husband. That's my husband. Shout out to Shiloh. <laughs> he's a cutie. Can't leave him out. <laughs> he wished he could have been here today, but he's working. <laughs> um, but 
I just, I don't even remember the question now. Like, I, I got What is caught. your motive? Okay, so I just want to connect with people. So honestly, with my wedding clients, I want to share what a positive marriage looks like. I, backstory, I came from a really abusive relationship. Shiloh came from a really abusive relationship. So we share a lot of that on our social media. We're vulnerable with that. Um, so my wedding clients actually have reached out to me and like they told me they look up to us in our relationship because of everything that we've been through and they've been through. So they kind of, they resonate with it. So to be able to share that and connect with them, that helps. And then my motive with boudoir, same thing, that vulnerability of always feeling down about myself, being in that relationship, having no self, um, no self-confidence and all that. I think that pushed me towards boudoir just to show that you can do anything that you set your mind to, no matter how much someone else puts you down, like you can succeed, I think. Yeah. Well, having a real, you know, for me, and we don't talk about this a ton in our own work, um, but I really believe in marriage. Mm -hmm. Like when I think about like one of the best things I can do, be a part of in this world is helping families, you right. know, grow and I believe the world needs more marriage mm -hmm. less, and less hookups. Yes. And uh, so, I'm with you there. And so I'm looking at it going like, I love, I, I always, when we talk internally as a company, I'll talk to the guys and I'll always be like, and girls, and be like, um, hey, this is a sacred thing you're a part of. Marriage, whether, <clears throat> no matter what kind of wedding it is or whatever, mm -hmm. you're a part of something really special. And so never forget that. And um that's those are our values. And it's like I know a lot of people have different reasons for what they're doing. But I think the more you can communicate those values, I think people resonate with it and click with it. And um it can be really easy to just be like, Well, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm just money. Right. Nobody cares about that though. Mm -hmm. Like if you're I, I what I do know, I'm not an expert on social, but I do know if I was to be like another wedding booked. And that was my story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people like, which I've seen some people do, by the way. Yeah. So excited to have booked another wedding. And I'm like, no one cares. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, nobody cares about that. What they want to know is, why are you doing this? Are you the type of person I want to work with? Mm -hmm. So. And it goes, it goes to the, the, I think, the storytelling aspect of, you know, photography and videography. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, people care about people. They don't care about things. Like, they, they, they will pursue things. But at the end of the day, the things that resonate, the things that last are even are somebody people. who's totally fake, who's a really crappy person, mm -hmm. wants to imagine that they're really into. Oh, completely! <laughs> like yep. nobody's like wants. To, everyone wants to be connected to authentic, real stuff. Right. And I think even people who aren't yep. themselves that way, because I'm sure we've all worked with people who are like, oh, this yep. person. But but in general, like you know, they're attracted to some of the positive things that are about you. We had a, a couple, I remember we, we, they both work for a vendor in Boston and we met them at an event and, um, got married. Then like their mother was passing away. Oh, so sad. Uh, like, Oh yeah. Very oh. quick after the wedding. I mean, maybe it was like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I think it was, they were like, can you please get us the wedding film? 
because we really want to show it to her before she passes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we rushed it, and we got her this wedding film, and 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 we ran into them, and they were just like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much!" And they were just like, "It was that real like they felt like we were connected with them, right?" In a really authentic way. Yep. And I think the, you get those opportunities, and so in all and all the. I'm building my social feed, I'm getting booked, I'm making money, I'm making art and all this mm -hmm. stuff. It's like you got to remember there's humans. Yeah. And I think that's what I like about um, your approach. Yeah. Is like that is what it's about, mm -hmm. I think, from the beginning. A lot of us, we kind of re remember it, but I think you're, that's really what you start with. Yeah. It's like people. Right. 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 Um, so a lot of people probably have no idea how you could build a business on Boudoir. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't imagine it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, but but again, it's, it's probably not something, like, I don't have the background for it, and, and uh, so obviously I'm not going to be super passionate going out and, and doing it, like, mm -hmm. you know, Kim you, has. But. Yeah, do you feel like for you that was just so natural because of um, some of your values? Honestly, boudoir was the first photography that I started with, and it's only okay. because I did a boudoir shoot for Shiloh when we were getting married. So I had no idea what it was. I had no inkling of whatever. So I had a friend do it for me. I knew it was popular. Well, it was starting to get popular on the West Coast. So I we did it, and photos were terrible. But <laughs> it gave me self-confidence, <laughs> and Shiloh was so happy. And... For me, it gave me a whole different outlook on myself because, again, I was in a relationship for seven years where I was nothing and, you know, all of that. To go from that to just feeling like I was on top of the world, I could do anything. Like, I'm a mom, but I'm still beautiful. Like, I'm still an individual, and I, it just made me um, love that, myself again. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm. it's, it's actually really interesting because you had an experience – most people who shoot weddings never had their wedding shot before they. So, I mean, I think most photographers aren't married that I know. Maybe they are. I don't oh, know. Yeah. 50 50. Yeah. But mo most of them have never, or they like, they got married and they didn't have well, a, even a photographer there. Mm -hmm. or something. And it's different. Like, it, it, I, I talked to um, a photographer uh, last week and he was like, dude, it's so different now that it's actually my wedding. Like, experience all, you know, experiencing all the same things as my brides and my grooms are going through leading up to the day. He's not even married yet. Um, it's something that I noticed when we got married. I was like, oh, like I understand now. Like mm -hmm. I understand all these feelings that people are going through. Um, but also just what is marriage? Like what is it like, you know, before and after? Like yeah, what's the whole process? You got to experience that before though. Yeah. That, so so, um, so do, you, do you do a lot of doudoir? No doudoir. <laughs> I don't think Shia would appreciate it. <laughs> Is that Too a much. thing? It's, a th it's legit a thing. Is like, it really? It's oh, more man. fitness kind yes, of yes, thing, yes. but I have started seeing like divorcees like doing it. So yeah, <laughs> I, it's a thing, I swear. Oh my God. See, I, that, I remember I shot with like a really good photographer. I mean, he's kind of tacky, but he was good. He was skilled. And like, he had like a whole bunch of um, pamphlets somewhere, and like most of them were just normal wedding photography. Like but in then, his car, or? I don't remember where it was. I'm, that's why I'm like, this is a weird story because huh. I'm trying to remember where I saw these <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. things. But anyway, he had all this photography, like these big like eight by tens yeah. of his work, and 
one of them was just this guy laying there with like a oh, velvet no. towel over him. <laughs> but you he know, had like long hair. Do you remember? We, but it was a joke. We, we, yeah. He thought it was hysterical. So he printed it and put it in. We did, a, uh, we did a wedding show at the Providence Public Library. And the florist down there was had all these photos taken with his flowers, but it was all these guys. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. And okay. it was all these guys with, like, flowers, like, over their lips and, like, you know, all these <laughs> seductive. So it was wicked funny. It was That's awesome so marketing. That's funny. That's good marketing. Like, oh, that's great hilarious. Marketing. And oh. so I don't – I mean, I don't remember what it was for, so – but I do remember I, th- I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, like, I want to work with these guys. That. Like, that's hilarious. Uh. Like, I want to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess that's not going to be taken off too much. Is that weird? Like, how something, f- and it's like, for that women would love something like that and men would be like, I don't think most guys would be in the least bit interested yeah. in doing that. I've tried to make Shiloh do it, and he's like, no. <laughs> no I, gotta I think it would be literally humiliating. I would love to see Shiloh in a little cowboy hat or something like that. I, I, just for my own personal, you know, <laughs> ragging on your him. Own, your own little collection? Yeah, yeah, yeah my own little collection. You I do kind of do, <laughs> you you do, kinda do like uh, couples, it's not like kind yeah. of boudoir-ish stuff, it's, though. It's more like in-home kind of thing. But, and that's what I kind of want to do yeah. with him, just... To remember the time that we have together. Um, it's not really. It's not boudoir either. No, but a lot of my stuff. Slice not of life, kind of. Yeah, mm. my stuff's a lot more tame than a lot of other boudoir photographers. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, yeah. W- I would call yours normal person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a S and M store. Yeah, yeah I think yours. Like, if a dude showed up in shorts in the image, nobody would be like, "That's a weird, out of yeah. place." Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like. Your house. Yeah, right. You know. Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we talk a little bit about um, kind of like the, the practicality of the business and how just working Monday through Friday has helped your business in addition to shooting mm-hmm. on the weekends? Yeah. I guess, I mean, what, what, what is that like? Kind of how do you balance that? I guess where are you going as a business? Do you see yourself kind of going to much more Monday through Friday and balancing mm-hmm. that off a little bit more? So... Uh, I say I'm balanced, but yeah. as entrepreneurs, are we ever really balanced? Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, eh. always changing. Uh, but I try. So Monday through Friday is my editing, um, emails, all of that, and I schedule all my boudoir Monday. Through Do you Friday. mind if I ask how many yeah. sessions you try to shoot a week? Ideally, no more than three or three to five, just because three it, to five. It, yeah, it's too much. Um, yeah. and, and, you, and, like, you, and that's pretty consistent for yeah, you. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so. Um, yeah, three to five. And then with editing and now wedding season's here, so it's going to get How many crazy. weddings do you want to take a year? That's tricky. So we were thinking of not doing weddings anymore and just doing boudoir. But Shiloh wants to go full force into my business. So we're trying mm-hmm. to, like, figure out where he fits and that sort of thing. So I don't like shooting more than 25 a year. It's, it's just too much mental Well, especially me. when you're... I'm a solo. When you're also yeah. doing the, the the all the other shoots, right? I, I do think it's funny when people who do nothing only want to shoot 25. I'm like, why do you yeah. want to only shoot 25 weddings? Right. So like, shoot more. Yeah, but, but with the kids, the no, bar, yeah. and the weddings, yeah. and yeah, then that, engagement sessions, I'm like, it's too much. I want to enjoy the summer. That's yeah. So, a lot. Yeah, Completely. that's crazy. Yeah, no, that, and and I mean, how I guess how recent. Have you been seeing kind of that? Has it been evolving or is it? Yeah. So I started shooting out of my home mm-hmm. before. So I would only do like 
Valentine's Day minis and then Christmas, stuff like that. So it wasn't consistent until about three years ago when I got the first studio. Yep. And then it's been crazy since. You know what I remember about that? You were ramping your social up to get that studio launched. Mm -hmm. It was like everywhere, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. And you were like, I got to get that place booked. Yeah. It was it was so expensive. Like we were paying $2,000 a month for it. And it, I was just like, I That's don't right. know what I'm doing. That's right. <laughs> you and, know? And, and Shiloh recently built your studio, yes, yeah. right? So we went from a studio in Lincoln. Then we went to a studio in Providence. The commute was ridiculous. Yeah. Rent was stupid. And it was like a tiny room. So I was like, I'm done. We started renting hotels again because I didn't want to rent a space. It was just too expensive. So then we were like, we never park in our garage. So he transformed the garage. Like he renovated the left side of the garage where we usually pull a car in to the bedroom area. And then we had a carport. So we enclosed that. And that's like my meeting space makeup area. You know what I, I learned in our own business and I'm, even from that if you have an idea about doing something for your business, one of the best things you can do is just do it. Yeah. Shut everything else off. Yeah. Don't yep. listen to anyone else. Just do it. I mean, obviously, like, if it's risky, that's good. Mm -hmm. Because if it's risky, it'll force you to actually try to make it happen. Right. That's why I brought up even the social thing, because I could tell. I was like, there's some money there. There's risk. Because mm -hmm. you won't. you don't act the same way when you're not threatened. Right. You don't work, you don't run your business the same way. You don't hustle as hard. Right. If it doesn't, if you're like, eh, it's not costing me anything, the way you're gonna act is gonna be totally different than if you're like, well, just dropped 20 grand on that. Yeah. I gotta make it work. Mm -hmm. I got I gotta figure it out. And you're gonna grind, 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 hustle. And a right. lot of people, they don't produce urgency in their own business. When you do it, you're gonna be like, oh, it worked. Why did it work? It's worked because you had it had to work. Mm -hmm. You made your like, and it. I'm not advocating for doing stupid things right. that you can't, like, hopefully you're, like, you have some information that you know you could probably, You, I'm assuming you knew, like, I could probably book a lot yeah. of. Yeah. I figured if I book two a month, it's paid for, so worst case, it it's breaks paid even. for. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But at least it's building your portfolio right. and it's building your credibility mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And it's, like, just do it. If mm -hmm. you have a crazy idea, try to do it. And then kill yourself and yeah. work as hard as you possibly can to make it possible. And I've seen that with you a few times. I can tell when you're like making a shift. Yeah. Because you're like you kick it up a notch. Yep. And I think it's that it's cool to see. It's like to me, that's women empowerment, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's like women running businesses, but also that's marriage empowerment. Cause mm -hmm. it's like you're not doing it alone, right? Right. Right. Like, yeah. Shiloh's always behind the scenes. <laughs> so that's pretty yeah. cool. That's awesome. I, I can't imagine. I, and and we talked to a lot of photographers too, who kind of run their own show. And um, I can't imagine running Stop Go Love by myself. Yeah. Like you know, fi finding either. I, and this is probably the one thing that I say when people are starting out: like find a partner or find an advocate that you can bounce ideas off of at the very least. So if that's mm -hmm. a spouse or if that's a, a, a mentee that or, or, or a mentor that you really value, I, I think um, finding I someone even to say bounce like ideas off of is huge. Paid coaching. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. Yep. And, and like this is not anything against like groups like. Is that a like, plug, Jay? Yeah, if you want. <laughs> I got you. Um, but 
nothing against like groups like Rising Tide or whatever. That's not coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, like a group that's designed to encourage you is not the same as a group that's designed to challenge you. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you need relationships to challenge you. Like I'm not going to go to a group of 20 people and have them call me out of my crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not going to do that. That's not the purpose of it. Right. It's supposed to be enjoyable and encouraging. You need someone in your business world that will kick your butt. Yeah. That will tell you like either like you can do it when you're really afraid mm-hmm. and push you or like why won't you respond to your people's emails? Mm-hmm. Like, cut the crap. Like do what do the right thing. Right. You need somebody or like why are you wasting your money that way? Let me look at your books. Like I think that's really critically important and that's like very accepted in the business world and in the photography world there's like there's few people doing it you mm-hmm. know I think it's becoming more popular yeah. but yeah. I don't think it's like really at the beginning when people think about their business I know we didn't no way we no didn't way. think about that no we kind of just it's weird because I'm always advocating for this stuff and then I'm like I made it. Kim made it. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I do believe it matters, though, right? Yeah. It's like getting good feedback. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, you kind of you kind of talked about a mentor, even a, like a distance mentor, like yeah. Jasmine Starr. Yeah. You know, I've like t- like you guys. Like, I look up to you. When I first met Jared, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so cool. And now we're sitting here, and I'm like, you guys want me to be on your podcast? What? <laughs> You're definitely cooler than us. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, yeah, I mean, I think being in the industry, you just meet people that you click with. Like, we have kind of the same values and that sort of yep. thing. And, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's not too hard to find a mentor or someone that will take you under their wing. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about um, relationships with, with videographers? Because mm-hmm. we, do, we do have oh, a yeah. good relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something that we, we've had uh, two photographers. We had Matt on um, from Blue Flash and then – we met with uh, Liz Laduca as well, and then anytime we have photographers on, I think it's something that we ask them either on camera or off camera, mm-hmm. um, or on podcast or off podcast. Um, but just you know, what's some of the things that you value as a photographer working with a videographer mm-hmm. um, on a wedding day? Open communication, hands sure. down. Um, having that relationship before we even start, like introduce yourself. Um, I get like that styled shoot. I want to make sure that we're both there for the same reason. We want to give the client um, something that they're going to remember. So for me, it's not like, let me do my job, whatever. Like I want to build that relationship with you so we can make the client happy. So if I work with a videographer that is in the middle of the aisle when there's a kiss, like I have to work harder and guests can't see it and that sort of thing. So just be aware of your surroundings and, I mean, just... Have you ever worked with uh, a bad videographer? Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure videographers have photographers that they're like, oh, like, they didn't help me out at all. You yeah. know what I mean? It just yeah. It's just that open communication and have a relationship before you start. Here's what I'll say, though. They booked the photographer first. Yeah. So... That's the deal. Yeah. Like, like, let's be real videographers. This is photographer. Mm-hmm. This is you. Now, you can complain all you want about that. That's the reality. Yeah. Venue, photo- like maybe planner, photographer. Yeah. Venue, photographer, planner. But like you're not ahead of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like so if I don't like a photographer, they're never going to call me. I don't know that we they ever ask us to refer a photographer to them. Maybe sometimes. Sometimes. But I, it's I, almost never. It's, it, it's yeah. pretty much like they've already booked the person. So 
we've had literally people be like, photographers be like, I won't work with any of these people. I only work with these mm-hmm. two videographers. Yeah. You know, um, what's like, have, can you, do you have any memorable bad experiences without naming names? Because I, I A like, lot of middle of the aisle. Going, standing right in front of you. Standing in front of like when they're about to kiss, doing the whole going around them. During the ceremony, it's just distracting. During the ceremony, during the ceremony, like, like, like up in the front, yeah. <laughs> um, we worked with some old school ones because we were doing like local Rhode Island, and they had like the big rolly things like on the dance, like four oh, of them. No, 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 like a rolly tripod. Yeah, yeah, like a dolly yes. tripod. Yeah. There was yeah. four of them. We had uh, one four video of them like laying. On, it was crazy. They were moving them during. Yes, the- they were rolling around. The, it was. Yeah, I, 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 I we've had a couple of photographers actually send us pictures and be like, "Do you guys have these rolly tripods?" Yeah. We're like, "Uh, no, no." I was more. To, I'm like this, and it wasn't too long ago. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, well, just of trying to yeah. avoid the person. And I'm so like laid back and timid. Like I'm not gonna say anything to them. I just work harder to do my job because I don't want ever want the client to be like, "Oh, they didn't get along with my videographer or anything." So I. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I get a shot or something? I'm just. You're not going to refer yeah. them, though. No, of course not. You know, and yeah. I think. <laughs> I think we should start an Instagram of videographers being in the way of photographers taking photos of videographers being in, in the <laughs> shot. Like, because they, they send it to me all the time that, like, we, I got one this year that was two videographers probably 10, 15 feet away from the bride and groom, two of them. Mm-hmm. Side by side, shooting right at the bride and groom yeah. during toasts, and not offering any wiggle room yeah. of like the photographer working around them. I've even had it happen during formals where they're just standing there yeah. and like, "What are you videoing?" Because yeah. they're just sta- like, "I'm trying to direct them into a pose, but they're not really doing anything." And then they'll like jump in front of me. I was like, I'll, "Like, give me." Five minutes and then I'll, because I, I always ask them like, hey, do you guys need anything? Let me know if you need five minutes. Do their walking shots? Whatever you guys need. Because I'm so like, they do we this, work together. They do the the documentary edits. Have you seen this? This is what, a, a, a few videographers, not, not many. I find it's kind of gone away. But they do a documentary edit where it, it will be like, and it's not something that we do. No. Um, we've never done a video. But it's, they'll just put a tripod and push play and they mm-hmm. kind of just capture the whole photo shoot yeah, or the whole getting ready. They'll put a camera in the side of the room, push play, and just people will be talking about, you know, Game of Thrones or, you know, whatever. I've never and seen that product. If you make that product, that product stinks. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, that's what, and then they'll just piece it all together back to back to back to back to back. The ceremony is also included, yeah. you know. I feel like couples think that that's what they want because back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all you did. You just yep. held a camcorder on your shoulder and like viewed. Yep. So they think that's, what, or at least the parents think that's what they need, like documentary. Yes. But that's it, not the case. I, I'm all. always surprised. At, this is video world, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm always surprised, and I'll talk to parents um, often. Um, I would say maybe one parent every month, um, where I'm not talking directly to the bride and groom. I have to convince mom, and then you know the bride comes on. Um, but the question that they ask me is like, okay, if I hire you, how many hours of footage am I getting at the end of the day? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it totally depends how long your events are because they do think like, right. okay, we're going to be there for 10 hours. I'm probably going to get at least nine hours worth of footage. I'm like, no, no. Like right. you're probably going to get close to like an hour. Mm-hmm. 
it, with all the raw footage that we're if we're delivering raw footage to somebody an hour or two hours and unless you are shooting that documentary right. edit where you're just pushing play but no one really wants to see yeah. that. No, no they're not going to watch it. Yeah. They're I mean, not going to watch it. Yeah, no. I, I remember I was looking at a photographer or a videographer and he, like he puts his tripod in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like it happens a lot. How could you be so rude? Yeah. yeah. Like for everyone. He was like not just middle of the aisle back. Yep. Middle middle. Yep. Yeah. Like up to like, so guests are obscured. Yep. yep. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I, I've said to people before, like, like at, during receptions, the guy, like, can you move? I'm trying to like, look, dude, I can't move. I got to shoot this. I get it. He's like, there are times where you're going to be in someone's way a little bit. Usually it's like a great it. uncle with his cane, like yeah, tapping yeah. your yeah. knees. <laughs> yeah. You, there, there are times where you're going to be in somebody's way. So, and I get it that your client has paid you to shoot. You got to shoot. But like, have a little bit of courtesy. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. Like here's, and you can back me up on this, Kim. Photographers and wedding planners. If you're a videographer, they will keep you from getting work if they don't like you. Yeah. yeah. I probably that, only refer to videographers, obviously you guys. Yeah. And, in act, and not in an active way where they'll say like, like I know some that will say, no, I, I won't work with this person. Yeah. Most of them won't do that. Yeah. But most of them will say like, Oh, mm. they'll just recommend who they want. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you don't really have to actually necessarily do a great product. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is be respectful. Right. And be fun to work with. And like, you know, obviously it helps to make a good product. Yeah. Because then, you know, they, they get something out of the video too. Mm-hmm. But I think, right? Like yeah, you guys, 100%. you will like say, no, don't work with this person. Right. And it's like. I think that a lot of videographers have it twisted. They think like, oh, these people are annoying me. And I'm like, yeah, you can argue, you can fight about that to your own detriment. Because mm-hmm. that, that, like, it, I will always be like, I'll come back sometimes and I'm like, oh, that photographer was terrible. I'm never going to go on social media yeah. no. in a private Facebook group, talk crap about a photographer. I'm never going to post an image of a photographer in my way and tell right. everyone. I'm not going to, because I know that that person controls my business. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I want everyone to think I love them and everyone to feel like I was, like, serving them. Well, mm-hmm. and, like, honestly, even if you work with a photographer, you're like, ah, I would rather work with Kim. Mm-hmm. But I would still rather have a job working another wedding with this person than not be working at right. all. Right. Yeah. That's right? it. It's like you want to have a job. And it's yeah. like. It might not be the most ideal circumstance. And, and I think we work in a culture in the industry where people are like, oh, you only want to work with your ideal bride. That's it. And like, I get it. You want to work with cool people, but at the same time, I would rather work with everybody and anybody. We're we're kind of in like a spoiled kind of industry. I Totally. Yeah. We talk about it a lot. It's a bubble. Like Mm -hmm. pretty soon, like there's a lot of people who didn't build good brands right now that are freaking. Yeah. And they're losing money. And they're like, I'm not, it's, they're like, 2019's terrible. And I'm like, not for me. 2019 is yeah. great for me, but it's terrible for overpriced people mm-hmm. who are getting, like, every year that you're going to get, there's a pile of people that get hedged out by new people right. who offer the same exact product for half his price. Right. That's the deal. It's not way better. Right. And they have cooler tattoos now. Yep. So. And they <laughs> yeah. look cooler and yeah. their website's cooler and they actually built a new website. So mm-hmm. it works up to date and right. they're, they actually do social. Like, if you're like a, 35 year old person like us 
yeah. and you're not doing any of the stuff that that millennial photographer is doing, who do you think the bride's going to be connected to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're spoiled. Yeah. We were spoiled. Like if you're charging six, eight grand for photography, mm-hmm. you're probably spoiled. Yeah. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and and if you are charging that much, you you probably have the clout to be like, well, I'm only going to take this amount of time. I can be or this amount of clients. I can sure. be a little bit more picky. Sure. Um. So coming from that side of things, I think it tends to get cloudy when you're just starting out and you're like, I just want work, but I'm only supposed to take the people that I want to work with. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's, really I think confusing. that's the confusing message is like, oh, find your ideal client. Yeah. And it's like the ideal client for a person who's been shooting for 10 years, who has ridiculous demand. Yeah. yeah. Where people are, because you know how it is. You're like, yeah. ah, I can only take so many weddings. Right. You could probably take a lot more if you took every wedding. Right. You can't. Right. Yeah. You know, so you're making decisions based on what builds my portfolio, who do I want to work yeah. with. If you were starting out, you wouldn't do that. Mm-mm. You didn't do that, right? No. I My first wedding I shot was $1,000, and that was after a year shooting with Cart, like second shooting for her. So I had the portfolio, and yeah, I mean, you got to feed your kids. So you shoot whatever. You do. <laughs> and I, that's what I've heard from everyone is like people who I respect who are running businesses, not right. just like mm-hmm. build, you know, selling classes. Mm-hmm. But people who are running businesses, they did whatever it took. Right. And then when demand comes, it then you make decisions about like, oh, how much am I worth? Right. Mm. But like not when you were starting out. So that's all of us are successful and we're all telling you, ignore that. <laughs> like, yeah. Do what you got to do. Um, and when you have so much demand, you make a decision about that. Yeah. Right. At that point. Um, something I wanted to ask you about, Kim, was um, kind of that um, – the, the client that you work with, maybe you do boudoir, you shoot their wedding, you know, how do you maintain, you mentioned it before, how do you maintain a relationship with those people and and are you seeing that you're selling to them even after the yeah, wedding? So like, do you have like an email strategy or is it just like... I should have an email strategy and I don't. We um, should as, we should as well. I'm yeah. working <laughs> on it. So many yeah. things we should Sign all be doing. Sign up for that yeah. email list, but... Um, no, right now I'm shooting a lot of maternity for my couples uh, yeah. that Very have cool. come through. And they're Again, just like messaging you. And- yeah, and, and I don't advertise for it just because I'm already so busy. But if a wedding client comes to me that I've had, like I'm going to shoot their maternity. We have um, couples that we still go to dinner with when they come into town. And we just we just love them. Like I love having that yeah. relationship. So. Any any way to stay in contact? It's with interesting because we, we really hate our clients. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, I think it, it, it's challenging to me because I'm like, well, majority of the clients they're they're not you know repeat customers. Right. Hopefully, they're not repeat customers because right. we're only shooting weddings. Right. Um, but you know, maybe maybe we're we're working with a mom and we shoot you know two daughters' weddings within two mm-hmm. or three years. You know that happens a lot, but. You know, I've been thinking a lot about like, well, what can we actually sell to people after the wedding? Mm-hmm. You know, um, is it, I think for a lot of photographers, um, you know, potentially um, family sessions, maternity right. sessions, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and, and yeah, so it, it's been, it's been challenging for me because we stink at it right now. It's just, ourselves. there's so much going on. Yeah. And, and I think, I guess like something we can kind of end on is like, how do we? How do you make decisions about what to do next and when mm-hmm. to stop something? Yeah. Because I'm sure you have a ton of opportunities you can't take and a ton of opportunities yeah. you want to push forward. How do you make those decisions, especially when you have, 
you know, six kids you're kind of taking care of and a, a husband and weddings and clients. Yeah. And how do you make those choices? <laughs> it's hard. I'm still, you just, you have to make money. So you have to make sure that's always steady. Um, like right now, I should have had my course done already, but I don't because wedding season's here now and... Gestapo Love hasn't helped you with the video yet. I know. Darn those guys. Um, no, it's hard, and you really have to search yourself. So if some, I'm, I'm always like, if something's not bringing you joy anymore, and it's not, it's not, if, if it's not bringing you joy, and you don't have the demand of you need this money now, don't do it. Don't push yourself to do it if, if you don't love it. Like I know a lot of photographers that get into. Um, photography think they have to shoot weddings because that's where the money is. That's, you know, that's the only logical way to go. You can build an entire business on portraits. You, there's like yep. a million things you can do. So I think. Well, I, I like to think about it like if you enjoy something and, you know, it's, we're not doing it to have fun. Like we're, we're not kids, you know, right. but, but, but you, but when you can authentically enjoy it, it gives you the energy right. to do because anything that you do requires sacrifice. Right. So if you're if you don't have the energy to sacrifice to do it, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to do well. Especially in the entrepreneurial world, because you're you're your business, you have to push it. So if you're not loving it, you're not going to want to push it and really actually and do really what it takes. actually do it. Yeah. yeah. So you have to kind of love what you're doing. I think. I, th I think that, and that's it's a work. good point. You have to actually work. Like the clients aren't going to come to you. You have to put in the work. A lot of entrepreneurs think this day and age where they are just going to get it because they post it on social media. Like, no, you have to work at it. And you have to do some free shoots if to get your portfolio. Or you know what I mean? There's You have to put work in. One of the things I've seen is change. Looking at your expectations in a couple of different ways. If you're looking to start something, whether it be I want to do family shoots or I'm going to do a new brand or who knows what it is, you have a long-term goal and you have a short-term goal. Mm -hmm. And if you only have a long-term goal, like I'm going to make a hundred grand off this, that's you might be five years before you get to that point. And I know a lot of people they don't. I'm like, what do you hope to see now? And they're like, uh, I'm like, let's just five weddings, right? Like so, I think one of the things I've seen is small goals and also big goals. But right. when you are like, should I do this? Should I start this? Even if you're listening to this and maybe you haven't even started your career doing this, um, I talked to a guy yesterday. He did one wedding, and I'm like, well, try to do five, mm -hmm. not try to do thirty or try mm -hmm. to do forty or try to get your prices to six grand. No, right. I said, here's your market. I go, let's go look at your market. Your market average is two grand. That's great. Try to get your prices a little under your market. Try to do five. Then you try to do 10. And so I think like one of the things that I know you do and, and we do is when we start something, we're like small goals and big goals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a small goal, you can kind of gauge your progress a little right. bit and you don't feel as defeated and frustrated because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I did what I thought. Right. You know, even if it's like get 100 likes mm -hmm. on this thing, like – Little small goals mm -hmm. every right. day to make you feel like you're making progress, I think, are really important yeah. as an entrepreneur. Because yep. especially when seasonal work like ours, it can feel like you're frozen sometimes. Yeah. Because you're only working seven months out of the year, and then right. you're like, is my business shrinking? Right. Am, am I going to fail? Like, what's next? And then you see the Florida photographers or videographers pushing their content out because it's their wedding season, and then mm -hmm. you just feel like crap, and you're like, what am I doing with my life? But yep. that's not the case. You've got to 
put the comparison aside and just mm-hmm. uh, totally. slowly work on your own business. Create something. And, and like I do think what you've done really smart is you've created a product that is not seasonally dependent. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. You've created a conversation you can have 365 with your audience. And then you've put your personality, your marriage, your insecurities at the forefront. So you can have like an authentic conversation. Mm-hmm. And you sold like it's not a sales thing. So if you're one of the blush um, rides or tribes, Lions, or yeah. <laughs> blush folks, <laughs> not folks, ladies, you know, I don't think I wouldn't say you're, you're not using these people. Oh, no. But but you're you're leveraging re- authentic relationships mm-hmm. to make the product more appealing. Right. And I think at the core of everyone, we can all do that as right. businesses. We can all say, what is authentic to me? What do I want to make someone feel like? So one of the things I know for us, we want our brides to feel like like we really are um, serving them and trying to make it laid back. And like, we made it a very easy process for them easy. to get That's, really good video. Mm-hmm. Want it to be really easy price. from the sales process to the website to the day of we want the other vendors to feel like it was easy we want everyone to feel like it was easy right you know that's one of our values and so we get that feedback mm-hmm. oh it was really easy you were really laid back you were fun to work with. right i know that that's worked for us and i'm sure you get the feedback oh you were really nice and you were mm-hmm. really authentic and it's mm-hmm. like if you don't really get feedback and you don't have a goal of what you're trying to really communicate to the bride beyond here is my product I would say if you were listening to this and there's one thing I would encourage you to work on is figure out the message you want someone to get that isn't your product. Right. And really try to define that with everything you do from social to your website to your bedside manner, so Mm -hmm. to speak, to the deliverable. Right. It's like make it you. Right. You know, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think we're kind of – you brought up a question, Jay, about like knowing what the next steps are in your business and, and what kind of directions to go. And I think about Kim, like we have a relationship outside of photography too, mm-hmm. like went to New Orleans in October <laughs> yeah, <we> together. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so the thing that I hear a lot from you guys is you're always trying to, you are trying new things like, right. let's build a new studio. Let's, you know, we want to adjust our business to be more of this or that. Um, how, how is the, um, I guess the subject of like failure I mean, have you guys encountered that? Like, how have you guys overcome mm-hmm. kind of certain aspects of of failure? I, I know what what I what I will talk about, but I'm curious, kind of, to see, you know. I mean, of course, no. um, anytime we don't get the wedding, it mm-hmm. feels like failure. Anytime mm-hmm. um, we had to move studios, I felt like a failure, only because I I felt more like a failure to other wedding. Yes. Photographers yep. and other vendors. Yep. Not internally, which is crazy to me because yeah. I didn't, like, I knew it was what was best for me, but I felt like everyone else would think you I'm a fraud like, or, yeah. yeah. I'm like, are they going to think that my business is doing bad because I'm not in a studio anymore? But mm-hmm. really, it was the tenants and the mm-hmm. parking lot, and it was this, this, and this. And we had enough business to continue. I just didn't like working there. Yep. Um, so, all of those failures. All of those different steps in my business felt like failures. Um, even doing less weddings sometimes felt like a failure. Yeah. Right now, because last year we said we weren't doing many weddings this year, we only have 20 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, from last year, that's not many. Like last year, we yeah. had 35. Yep. So it's a crazy transition for a one person kind of team. I know yeah, you yeah. guys do like yeah. a million more. Um, but 
all of those little things feel like failures to yeah. me, even though I'm perfectly content in my business and that sort of thing. But you just got to do what's best for you, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like failures too when it comes to pricing. They mm -hmm. almost feel like, oh, I can't, I, I, or I tried to charge this much. Like we were talking to Matt a couple weeks ago, you know, about pricing and, and we just raised prices this year. And, you know, it's just, you see certain things work and then certain things not work. And mm -hmm. I think it's less about like failure. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a failure because it didn't work. Now you know. Now right. you can learn from it and adjust right. from it. Um, you know, and, and this is kind of like, it's probably like an old guy conversation where you're like, these millennials. <laughs> these <laughs> rack of fucking they're, millennials. Yeah, yeah they're, they, they're so afraid of failure that they can't even, you know, succeed. But <laughs> But it's Facebooks true. and their Instagrams. It's true, and and I think the the um, the failures that you encounter, a lot of times they're not like life threatening or business threatening. Right. It's just they're small failures. I think I think a lot of times people aren't willing to take those risks. And also, when when people are, um, they're different. Like nowadays, we're taking more risk in different ways than we. I think when we first started, I personally. Don't ever feel like a failure. Yeah. Yeah. I always. Neither do I. I feel like, ah, eh, we probably stumped there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I like, so I, cause I know I fail. Yeah. Like I know, like I. It just becomes a, a part of who you are. Failure is not an emotion I feel. Failure is the thing I do. Yep. Right. So like I'll try something and it fails and I'm like, eh. And then I go home with my kid. Yep. That's the difference between successful people and people who don't keep pushing. Totally. Anyone that's successful has failed a million times. Yep. It's yeah, it's, it's it no skin off my back. Yeah. It's like I tried something. There are all kinds of reasons why things don't work, from market reasons to mm -hmm. yeah. I had a bad idea to someone else had a better idea. Yeah. Who right. knows? Yeah. It, you know, I, what I do think is important is like, we kind of talked about this a few times, is you got to push your business to the next level. You got to yep. try things. And yep. part of that is going to be trying things that don't work. Mm -hmm. um, you got to mitigate risk to the best of your ability. But like, I think when you do fail, this is the damaging part about personalizing your business to the point where your business is you. Mm -hmm. Your business is not you. Right. Now, Kim's very authentic and real with her business, but some of it is like, She's talking about her kids, right? If your kids or your marriage went away, that would be devastating. Right. If your business went away, it would hurt. Right. But, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, that's not me. My business is not me. And so I don't go like, oh, people want to book someone else. I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. I'm not valuable. Yeah. I stink. Oh, this guy's able to charge more than me. Like, now I do get competitive. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's good. Like, yeah. if you, it's good to feel like be pushed. By other people's success. Like, mm -hmm. why is that guy? I can do that. Yeah. I can right. do that. Like, what's he doing? I'm gonna learn from that. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I wanna be, I wanna get where he is. Right. Or she is, or whatever. But I think personalizing business, I think, is like is a really important thing that if I could give, I think this is different, maybe in my beliefs than other people, is like it's a, like charge what you're worth. And I'm like, I'm worth infinite. <laughs> I'm not gonna charge infinite. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a human being, man. Like I'm worth a lot. I'm right. not like it has nothing to do with my worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's charge what the market can afford. Right. Charge what they're willing to pay, and it's not personal. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think like if I could give like one bit of wisdom to the person starting out is like, it's just a business, man. Like it's not personal. Yeah. And like have fun with it. 
it's good to get personal worth from it. Like I feel good that we're doing well, mm-hmm. but um, at the same time, I have like a separation between well, we're doing well, but like if my marriage isn't doing well, then I'm not doing well. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think on a personal level, I think that's something that I've struggled with. Where like I would go to Thanksgiving when we, I think when we first started, maybe the first like three years. Yeah. All I had to talk about was either sports or my business. I, I, it, that's all I would think about all the time is. Stop, go love. Stop, go love. Okay, we got to do you know more, more, more. It's like obsessive, but it was like I would go to Thanksgiving and I wouldn't have anything to talk about besides the business. That's the only interesting, you know. And I think it's it's probably good to be obsessive, but you know, a it's healthy kind of obsession. A, it's kind of a trait of entrepreneurs. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, and and it's something that I've been learning, and I think and balancing better in my life personally now is like, okay, well, yeah, the business is good. I need to find a way to turn it on Monday morning at eight o'clock and then turn it off when I go home. I'm not bringing, you know, that kind of stuff home to Sammy. And, um, you know, if I have a weekend off, you know what? I'm not going to be picking up my phone. Uh, I'm not going to be answering emails like this is this time. And yeah. Yeah, I I do think. So I think mostly work life balance is crap and like (laughs) get over yourself. It's so um, hard. Like, there's. It's yeah. not how the world works. Like, yeah. there are people like in like third world countries working fourteen hours a day. So I don't really want to hear about somebody complaining about working six hours. That being said, boundaries are important. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think work like like whatever your boundary, like setting boundaries and yep. adding value to the people in your life is important. I don't actually think most people running photography businesses actually struggle with this. I'm like, you're shooting thirty weddings a year. How much like? Could you act like imagine you edited five days a wedding, which I think is a lot. Yeah. But like it's 150 work days a year. Yeah. An average person's working like 340 days a year. I, I think the difference is though, you you're to your clients, they always they see you as target. So they see you as open, you know, eight o'clock till midnight. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they you're getting text messages. And I know for me, when I get a text message at eleven o'clock, I'm like instantly like who they, you know, who they think they're ever... That's because we're know. old school. Yeah, yeah, and And you're just like, oh, I'll answer people, but I'm like, ugh, like I got to do this thing. Yeah. Um, and and so it's hard for people to just have the self-control. Do you have like those like, border rules? Like what are the rules you try to have? And then what are the rules you say question, you have? Yeah. And then what are the actual... <laughs> it's so bad. I was emailing with a bride at like midnight the other night. She's like, why are you still answering me? I'm like... I don't know. Like it came in. So I tell my I'm wife all the time that I'm like, stop. Yeah. Stop responding to customers. It's bad. Like, it's bad. I'm not gonna lie. I'm bad with it. Like, if someone emails me, I try to respond right away. Yeah, uh, I uh, just have my times where I do email. Yeah. I know. I love emailing people like a psychopath at like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, I, I like sitting in bed. I like doing. I actually yeah. like doing email at night because yeah. it's like yeah. we're just sitting in bed and we're watching yeah. TV and I'm yep. just. She's reading and I'm reading. It's like, yeah. what do I? Shiloh's yeah. sleeping on the couch. I'll just like. <laughs> I don't think that that's bad, but I do think like just having an idea of like what where you can become imbalanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, definitely. and one of the things is like, we'll, there are some times where I'm like, everyone get off your phones. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like if we're out doing something, no one's on their phones. Like if me and Shiloh are out to dinner, we just put it away. And like, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, business is awesome. Like it's fun. Yep. have a business. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I, I just wanted to thank you so much for being on. Nice. And um, if you are interested, what, why don't you kind of tell your 
social stuff, websites, that kind of um, thing. Yeah, so people find on you? Instagram, you can find me at Kim Lynn Chauvin, K-I-M-L-Y-N-C-H-A-U-V-I-N. On Facebook, we're at Kim Lynn Photography. Websites, KimLynnPhotography.com. Um, it's about yeah, it. Check it out. Yeah. And if you're into Dudoir, she's open, available. <laughs> maybe Sh- maybe that'll be Shiloh's like. Yeah, that's his that end. Be Shiloh's <laughs> as long as he doesn't ask me to do it. Yeah. Then I- <laughs> ask him. You know, us dudes, like, you want to talk about self-image problems? Guys have self-image problems. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a whole new world to tackle if, if yeah, Shiloh's interested. Um, so we're, like I said, super, super glad to have you, um, and hopefully you had fun. Yeah. I love hanging out with you guys. So yeah. So hey, make sure you're if you're on um, iTunes, subscribe on on uh, Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Click on that little bell. Subscribe to our channel. Um, we also have a bunch of other content on there. If you go to our tips section, where that's not as long. It's not podcast, but it's just kind of helpful content that we think will um, help. Uh, a wedding creative business run their business so thank you guys so much for checking out the wedding pros podcast today have a great day